right, here we are. We are live on the Reborn podcast. How is it going, everybody? I have a firecracker of a guest today. Um, really looking forward. I've always wondered what it's like, um, you know, to have to have a house full of girls. I have a house full of boys. Sometimes I think that I want another child, but I'm also very scared that I would have a girl, but at the same time, it would be pretty cool to have like a little Ashley running around like, doing push-ups and sit-ups and squats. Um, I can only imagine. I feel like if I did have a girl, she'd probably come out with like glitter and bows and I wouldn't know what to do. It'd be, I'd have to learn how to like braid hair and stuff. Um, so Andrea Allen is my guest today and she is so unique. She had twins and then, um, she had two other, um, pregnancies, all girls, an entire family full of girls. And this is really where her passion of just teaching women how to truly love themselves and their bodies. Um, Andrea is a CEO of DFH Training. Um, she's been a certified personal trainer for more than 15 years. She specializes in fitness programs for young mothers. She's been featured in all kinds of outlets like Good Morning America, People Magazine, and more. She is also the host of the Make It Simple podcast. You can follow her for all of her real life tricks and workouts that she's doing. It's deliciously fit and healthy. Um, that is her Instagram. So you can follow her to get all of her tricks of the trade. And I'm really excited to bring on Andrea and to listen to her story and her inspiration to becoming who she is today and spreading that um, to so many women across the globe. Welcome to the Reborn Podcast, Andrea. Um, where are you located? So I'm in Arizona. We live just outside Phoenix in one of the suburbs in Queen Creek. Nice. How long have you lived in Arizona? So after I graduated college, I'm from DC mm -hmm. and I'm like, it's really cold here. This is not my thing. So after I graduated and moved to Arizona, I mean... Yesterday was like a really cold day for us and like the low was 45 and everyone I, losing their minds. <laughs> yeah, I was I was getting ready to ask you what like what is cold for Arizona? Oh yeah. I mean, if we're like in the 50s, people will be like in full out sweat like suits, jackets, hats, like everything cuz it's really rare. Normally we sit like early in the morning it might be 50 but like mm -hmm. by midday we're in the low 60s. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it never is that cold. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Arizona got snow. Yeah. Wasn't that like a couple years ago? Last year, two years ago. Yeah, but yeah two I remember years Arizona ago. got snow. And it was like, what is this white ash falling from the sky? Oh, people were it like outside taking pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so wild. Like where we live, you can see the mountain range in the background. Mm. And my husband was like, oh my gosh, there's snow. He's like taking pictures of the snow yeah. on the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, so unique. And yeah, whenever I think of Arizona, I, I've ran in Arizona in the heat. And, and oh, it's that brutal. state is just, it is like it's just dry heat. I'm in Virginia Beach, and okay, people, yeah. People don't think as um, of like my area. Um, you know, I, I don't. It's it's so humid here, and I grew um, up going to Virginia Beach. So oh, you I'm did, super, awesome. yeah, because because we lived in Maryland. So in the yeah. summer we would go to you because Virginia Beach is so enjoyable. It's it like is. perfect 
I loved it. Yeah. But it's humid there. It is really humid. People don't think that coming over here on the East Coast that it's humid, but there's a lot of humidity. So, yeah, I remember, um, uh, I don't know if I had to camp out in Arizona or what I was doing, but um, I was training in the summertime one day in Virginia Beach and I happened to be in Arizona and I was like trying to carry carry on my training. And I remember (laughs) I was running outside and I was like, dude, I am like melting right now on the asphalt. I was like, I cannot do this right now. Oh yeah. The easiest way (laughs) to describe people, I'm like in... Um, Maryland, you you can be in the sun, and if you go in the shade, it's no different. Mm-hmm. You're you're still just the same. Mm-hmm. And Arizona, if you go in the shade, it actually is cooler because yeah. we don't have the humidity. But I remember going home from school and running in Maryland and running like three times as far as I normally did because the air had like water in it. So I just wasn't as dehydrated right. as possible. And then the yeah. next day I'd be so sore because <laughs> I like don't normally run like that. But like my lungs were just. It was easier on the lungs. So yeah. are you cool. are you a runner? Is that your background I am, in fitness? What's I am your background? Actually not a runner. Not I a runner. have ran before, but no, that's not my not my not my jam. I guess you I guess most people when they're into fitness, they've gone through phases where they do different types of things. Mm-hmm. I prefer um like bodybuilding type stuff. Um my background is actually like I got my degree in public health education. And so I kind of dabbled in college and everything because they're teaching you all about health from all aspects, from mental health, physical health, well-being health, and then like how, you know, to kind of care for people and teach them basic things about health. Mm -hmm. And then I obviously had my NASM, which is my personal trainer. And then I taught fitness classes with an AFA certification as well. So I taught kickboxing and like lifting classes. And then I just switched to full out personal training And I did it from home because I had my twins. (laughs) So I worked in the gym. And then once I had the twins, I was like, this is not, this is not working. Like Mm -hmm. I cannot make it to the gym. So I, we turned our front room into like a full like gym. Like we had mirrors and stuff. So I would like open the door for like the UPS guy. And I'd be like, yes, I know my, my front room is gym. Don't touch me. (laughs) That is hilarious. So funny. So I used to, women would come over and I'd train them in that front room. So Uh they didn't have to go all the way in my house. And then I just switched to all online. It was just a lot easier. Yeah. Can you can you kind of back up a little bit and, and tell me where this passion for fitness um, came from and, and where it evolved at? Yeah. So I when I went to college, I went through a really depressive state. I missed home. I didn't connect with anyone. And I remember laying on my bed and just watching the ceiling fan for like hours because I just, there was just nothing in me. Depression, anyone who know who has dealt with depression, it's very real. And it makes you feel like not doing anything. And my dad is an amazing man. And he, I would talk to him on the phone and he'd say, I need you to go outside and go on a walk. I need you to go outside and move your body. I think it will lift your spirits. And so I said, okay, dad, whatever. And so I started walking And then that turned into running. And then I experienced endorphins for the first Mm -hmm. time in a while. I was an athlete in high school, Mm -hmm. but obviously after high school, you're not, you know, doing the sports anymore. So I, I just was sitting around a lot more and I learned that those endorphins were powerful, Mm -hmm. that they can change the way you feel. And so I got into lifting and I got into teaching and I changed my major to public health education because I was like, this whole fitness thing is powerful in the way people feel, in the way they feel on the inside, not just the way they look, mm-hmm. 
but it pulled me out of a complete depressive episode. And I never looked back after that. I just kept getting certifications and dealing with, you know, more things and learning more. And then after I had my twins, I was like, oh, there's no spot in the fitness world for me anymore. I felt like a fish out of water. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't fit the mold where I could go to the gym like I used to. I didn't even have time to teach classes anymore. Like I was so busy trying to like get them both, you know, changed and fed and everything. And so I was like, I, I got to figure out how to make this work for me. And so I just kind of went, that's when I went from home and just said, I'm going to share what I do at home because I can't be the only person who's struggling with this, but still wants to be healthy. And that's kind of where it grew from, you know, helping me out of depression to then helping me feel accomplished as a mother who was overwhelmed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it sounds like as we begin to pull back the layers of Andrea, that your, your first uh, connection with health and fitness was whenever it got you out of your depressive state and you started moving your body. Um, Is that where your passion for coaching women came about? Or was it, was it, was it a mixture of like both? You just wanted to spread the message of just like how, you know, your, your first real connection with fitness and you wanted to share that with others. Or was it after you had your twins, then, you know, you're like, wow, I need to help these women. Where, where did your um, passion specifically for women kind of come about? I would say it was my passion for fitness came after it helped me out of depression. My passion for helping other women definitely came after I had my kids because I started to notice this gap in the fitness industry where you're either this or you're this. And there didn't seem to be a really good space for women and especially young mothers. And I knew I was struggling with it. And I was like, if I'm struggling with how to make you know, fitness and health work. And like, this is my major. I'm certified. I'm a trainer. I teach classes and I'm struggling with it. Other women are too, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I had the know-how and I was still like, how do I fit, you know, everything in? And so it started then because I, I had people say to me when I was working back to get in shape after the twins, why don't you just share, you know, it was when social media was kind of starting. Why don't you just share what you're doing? Why don't you mm-hmm. just share? And so I started like posting the foods I ate and posting simple workouts mm-hmm. to do at home. And and it just grew. And then as that happened, I feel like the mental health side kind of kicked in where I saw a complete um, lack of confidence and self-worth among women and especially young mothers that I was like, oh no, Mm -hmm. we got to fix this. We have to make people realize like, especially females. Sorry, I get emotional, but um, they're so underrated. Like they're so much more powerful than they realize and how much they have influence. But somehow I think a lot of females, especially have got in their mind, like I don't, I'm no one, I'm this. And I'm like, no, 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 it's in there. Mm -hmm. You just got to find it, you know? Yeah. Well, we're just constantly comparing ourselves. I mean, 100%. the world, the world has set unrealistic standards for us as, you know, being females, trying to raise a family and then running business and taking care of ourselves. Like it's easy. You for can us never to, win. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to put ourselves last. Um, but you know, I think that whenever I was in, like, it was right after I had my first son, um, one of the one of the problems is people like what you you've experienced this like with the you know having the twins and feeling like 
that nobody else was out there like you. Yeah. The thing is, is like, there are people out there like you. They're, they're just not talking about it. They're not totally. sharing it. And, um, for me, whenever I first I got in the, into the fitness industry, um, it was after I had my first son and I wanted to compete. I really wanted to, you know, then I got into competing and I wanted to be a fitness model. Well, I had, I've had all C-sections and I had stretch marks. And yeah. at, at the time I was thinking like, wow, this is something that I really want to become and, and, and something that I aspired to be. But I was like, I felt like I was like, I am not good enough. I cannot do this because of all these flaws that I have that nobody else in this industry has. It wasn't until I actually went to go do a test shoot for a cover of a magazine. And I had, I, I naturally just walked up and started apologizing for my stretch marks saying, I'm sorry. And they're like, why are you even apologizing for this? Like we shoot women all the time on the cover that have stretch marks. And that at that moment, that was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like yeah. women need to know this, that they don't yeah. have to be perfect. Yeah. My head coach, DJ, she's done a ton of fitness comps and she said the same thing. She was like, I felt like I was coming in at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when I showed up and actually got in the nitty gritty, I was like, everyone's just like me. Yeah. We just assume they aren't. Yeah. We assume they've got this leg up because we are so hard on ourselves. But mm -hmm. like people are like the things you struggle with, other people struggle with, you know, the things that you find discouraging are common. You know, it's, and it's sad that you're right in that we don't talk about it. We don't make it open. And luckily I do think we're getting better at it, mm -hmm. at being more open and more vulnerable, but, um, yeah, it's, it, it's it, tricky. It, it just comes down to like this misconception, right? hundred percent. Um, that like this misconception that you have to be this or you have to be that in order yeah. to achieve X, whatever, um, that it is that you're wanting to achieve. What have you found of the clients that you have and the community that you have built? What is one of the biggest misconceptions, um, when it comes to, I mean, we can, you know, funnel this down to moms, moms yeah. of, of young moms. Like how do you, like, what is, what is a common misconception? The number one mistake I see with my clients is they are obsessed to make it perfect. There, mm -hmm. there can be no mistakes. Anytime someone has a bad week, they'll say, I'm going to start over. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not going to start over. This is a journey. If you were running a marathon, if you were in a CrossFit competition, and no matter what you're doing, if you stumbled, if you fell, you wouldn't be like, all right, start the timer over. I'm going back. You get your butt off the ground and you would keep going. And for some reason around fitness, we have this mentality of, I got to start over. I didn't do, I missed two workouts. I overate. I did this or that. I, I'm going to start over. And that to me creates a guilt and shame mentality mm -hmm. and you will never do it perfectly. So that to me is the number one thing in that people are thinking, if I'm going to see changes, if I'm going to have success, I've got to do everything to a T. And I'm like, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. You just got to take steps in the right direction. If mm -hmm. you sit down, if you take a water break, if you stop moving, no big deal. You just keep going. It doesn't matter how many steps. I mean, you don't climb a mountain in one giant leap. It's thousands of tiny steps. And for some reason, I feel like with health, we're convinced we have to do it perfectly. I mean, a simple, you know, illustration of that is if we dropped our phone, you know, you drop it, you'd pick it up, you'd be like, oh crap, is it okay? And you'd like hurry and like wipe it right. off. Make sure all make the sure buttons work. Yeah. yeah, everything's all good. 
But like with our health, people will eat one cookie and they'll be like, what the crap? I ruined my life. And then it's like 20 cookies later. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) Normal. Dropped it. No big deal. Ate a cookie. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Not even I'm saying cookies are bad, but I'm saying like moderation is normal, but we are convinced that we have to be perfect. No moderation, no nothing, no leeway. And that's the only way. And I'm like, no, that's wrong. You know, you just got to wipe it off, dust it off, keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, a lot of it comes from wanting to be mm-hmm. perfect all the time. But it's like as soon as something doesn't go perfect or right, we already think that we're doomed for failure. And that's what Failures. everybody is is so afraid of. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest misconceptions that, that I have seen is... Um, people just thinking that fitness only belongs in the gym or like having this idea. And you saw like whenever uh, COVID happened and the pandemic, like a lot of people had to shift and they had to change. Um, Do you still have the gym at your house in your living room? You do. Not in the living room. Luckily, oh, okay. we graduated. So we we hey, built come, in. Come over for a uh, family <laughs> night. We will be doing bench presses and deadlifts in our living room. So great. How funny is that? And it was so great because it was the front room. So it was like separate from the whole house. So like, <laughs> I love it though, because I'm like, truly, that is who I am. Yeah. Like, I don't care what people think about right. me. You can come in or you can be like, this lady's weird. I'm like, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> no, we actually now... Um, we had like a tandem garage and so we built in the back part. And so we have like a rack and kettlebells, but um, kettlebells and dumbbells and bands, but like, I don't have a ton of equipment. I do have a rack, which mm-hmm. is helpful. But even then, to be honest, I lean towards dumbbells much more because mm. I'm busy and I'm like, I don't want to rack my, I don't want to rack my weights. I can just grab, you know, these dumbbells and, right. and do, you know, some different things with it. So I still do lean towards my dumbbells more. So, so if, you know, a lot of, let's just talk about the, the workouts now, a lot of people are working out from home. What are a couple of the, a couple of pieces of, of prime equipment that somebody can purchase? Um, because you do a lot of home-based workouts, um, and you like the dumbbells, but like, if you could pick like a couple pieces of equipment to go in somebody's living room to take out the couches, what would you totally? <laughs> what would you recommend? <laughs> if anyone's wanting to build a living room gym, yeah. <laughs> I am a, actually this is and people don't believe me, but I swear by them. I'm a big believer in bands, mm. long bands and short bands. So with bands, you can buy the different resistance. Mm-hmm. And when I travel, I don't. I mean, I'll go we like to travel in summer because it's so hot in Arizona. And Mm -hmm. so I will be gone easily for four to six weeks at a time and have no dumbbells, no Mm. nothing and just bands. And I actually think they're really versatile. If you get the longer ones, you can actually get a big fat one. That's pretty resistant. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like them because they're easy to pair with weights. Mm. So I can easily wrap the top of a dumbbell or a kettlebell, put a band on each foot, put the middle in the center. So it's like making more weight on that kettlebell. That's maybe only 60 pounds, but now I've added the thickest band I have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, which is then changing the weight to maybe hundred pounds because that resistance of the band is 40. You know what I mean? So I feel like they're underrated because if you don't have a cable machine, no big deal. You take a band of whatever size you need, you hook it around a pole, a light post, an island post, a stairwell post. Mm-hmm. You know, I I hook it around my rig, but like you better believe when we're traveling, I'm finding random tr- 
trees to, yeah. to wrap it around. And then I've got a cable machine where I can do, you know, any type of lap pull down holding the band, or I can do a, you know, bent over row or lots of things like that. And you can even do shoulder presses with them if you put them under your feet. And sometimes I use handles, sometimes I don't, but the long bands to me in different sizes with a good thickness, they're money. You can yeah. use them for so many different things. You can double that. them with your weights or you can use them by themselves. I love that. I think that's a really, really great recommendation. It, people, people def- always, um, underestimate the power of bands. I mean, totally. even, even body weight exercises. I think we see like those TheraBands, the really skinny ones yeah. that like they use in physical therapy. Right. And we're like, oh, that's not a good do anything. And I'm like, no, no, look into them. They have some nice thick fatty bands now that yeah, actually have a decent resistance. Yeah. I do these, uh, uh, boot camps. It's called Camp Valor, like a- around the U S I'll travel and do these. And it's mainly, it's like 80, 90% females like yeah. uh, some of the husbands will typically come out like with their spouses to you know support and um <clears throat> it's really funny because a lot of times especially you know when a husband shows up with with their wife and there's like all girls and he's like you know like kind of like walk around macho <laughs> like this is just a body weight boot camp dude i put like i put the girls through the body and the guys too like the guys are struggling. Oh yeah. And you know, I mean, it's, it's like, you talk about like checking, checking, get a slice of humble pie before oh, yeah. you come. I mean, it's just, I, I love personally, like with on the band topic is, um, I love doing drop sets or like big oh, yeah. sets with dumbbells, but then I go to my bands and oh, I yeah. really burn that out. Accessory all work oh, is yeah. so good. Yeah. This no, awesome. I agree with you. And I agree that body weight, man, it, it it can be underestimated majorly. I think though most of the workouts when I feel like I might die <laughs> are ones where I add some sort of body mechanism in it where I'm mm-hmm. balancing off center, jumping, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And this comes back to just like the, the, the misconception. I mean, we're talking about fitness can, fitness can literally be where you want it to be. Um, Fitness can be in your living room. Fitness can be while you're traveling. Um, you can use something as simple as Andrea was saying, bands, you can go to a park and use like a park bench. Um, a lot of times we're like, Oh, like we can't make it to the gym or the gym closed or the gym's like 30 minutes away. And I don't want to go today. Or, you know what? Sally threw up and now I got to take the dog to the vet and I just can't get to the gym. It's like, you you should be educated and invest in some bands yeah. or get a set of dumbbells or or know how to do like write a couple body weight exercises down. There's so many exercises of like programs out there like on Google. You could just Google body weight workouts and right. Um, I always tell people if they, so, maybe they don't use body weight normally. Maybe they don't use bands normally. I'm like take. 10 minutes, get on social media, Mm -hmm. search those topics, Mm -hmm. save them in a folder for body weight. So then when Susie barfs and you can't go anywhere, you're not pissed and like, great, now I don't get to work out. You go to that save folder and you say, yeah, maybe I wouldn't do a body weight normally, but I have Mm -hmm. five here saved that I liked and just, just do it. Just do it. It's better than nothing. Yeah. It comes back to what you were saying, you know, that a lot of women want perfection all the time. hundred like percent. It's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be perfect. So just because, you know, Susie threw up and now you can't go to the gym, it doesn't mean you can't pivot and still get it 100%. in. And you know what, maybe it's not going to be the type of intensity that you're used to bringing to the gym because now you're also taking care of a sick child and monitoring that, but you're still moving and you're keeping the discipline, which is like the most yes. important part. And you're showing up for yourself. It's the consistency that people just miss. That it's like, 
So, so three of the days of the week, your workout, I finished workouts where I was like, that sucked. (laughs) That did jack squat. But I'm like, it's all good because it's keeping the momentum and that's what matters. Today's episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley. They make incredible beef sticks that are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. Many on the market, they claim to be grass-fed, but they're actually finished on grains. Paleo Valley uses uh, the beef sourced only from small domestic farms in the U.S. They pride themselves on the premium ingredients, including the real organic spices, to their beef stick. They don't use the conventional spices sprayed with pesticides or the natural flavors often made from the GMO corn. They're keto-friendly. That's a plus if you're into keto, low-carb. They taste amazing, and it's a great protein snack for on-the-go for you, your kids, your family, your friends. If you head on over to paleovalley.com and enter in the code ASHLEY15, all caps, A-S-H-L-E-Y 15, at checkout, and you can get 15% off of your order. Uh, let's let's talk about mom life for a second with you. How old are your twins? So the twins are eight, and then I have a five year old and a three year old. Oh so my, four. yeah, it's a full house, all women. <laughs> wow. My husband is like a major outdoor man. Like he's a hunter. He he is everything you can imagine in an outdoor man. Mm. And then he has these four little girls. <laughs> oh my goodness. So he, he's, you know, it's a, it's a wild ride over here. <laughs> yeah. All girls, man. That's, that's amazing. How was it coming back from having twins? Um, and what, what is just, I mean, you've done this three times, you know, your twins were your first and then yeah. your second two. Um, what is some advice that you can give women who maybe they're expecting and they're going to have a baby like sometime this year? Uh, what's some advice that you can give them? So this this is actually what I spend a lot of my time in because I feel like after a baby, women re-enter the fitness mm-hmm. scene incorrectly. Here's a problem. Our, our biceps, glutes, quads, hams, whatever, they're all strong. Like we've been lifting, we're all good. But what's not strong is the pelvic floor. And we forget that that's a real muscle. Like there has been a, basically a little baby watermelon sitting on that for 10 months and it's stretched out. Number one. Number two, the way the core works is your hormones adjust to stretch for the baby. So your right ab and your left ab basically separate to make room and the linea alba, which runs down the center of your core, stretches. All totally normal. That's that's what has to happen. The issue is women will w- bounce. Women, women who are listening to this who have not yet had a baby are like, what? Yeah. My, so like, don't if freak you, out, guys. All this yeah, is normal. Trust me, it's all going to be good. <laughs> but if you look down the center of your core, there's kind of a line. That's called the linea alba. And it, mm-hmm. it stretches. That's connective tissue. And it stretches to make room for the baby. Now, the problem that I see and the mistake I made, which has also made me dabble so much in postpartum health, is um, we're strong. We're normally mentally strong. If you're into fitness, you like working your muscles. So we just bounce back in and we forget that the core and the pelvic floor needs to be babied a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times women will bounce back in with that weak core and then 
the linea alba will stay stretched out and it causes a problem called diastasis recti. And that basically is where the slang word for it, when you hear moms be like, oh, I have this mom pooch. Everything's fit, but this little belly. It's because those muscles haven't reconnected properly. So the biggest piece of advice I would honestly say is A, go see a women's PT. Make sure that your core and your pelvic floor are all good. B, you don't need to pee your pants the rest of your life. That's garbage. If you have a tight pelvic floor or a weak pelvic floor, it's going to cause you issues. Even when you're lifting heavy, heavy weights or if you're just running, it doesn't matter. That pelvic floor should be functional and it your core should learn to brace itself and that includes the pelvic floor. So a lot of times I'll even see women in comps or whatever and they're powering up this heavy weight, but you you can tell they're like straight. I've seen them where they're straight up peeing. And I'm like, your pelvic floor, you are so strong and your pelvic floor is totally jacked mm. up. And so you can actually strengthen that. You can actually learn to lift it and then relax it with the movement. Um, not trying to get too deep, but typically if you're moving against weight, so it depends on the movement, but normally it's a concentric movement. You want to lift the pelvic floor and exhale and brace the core because that's going to protect the core and you can get the weight up easier. And a lot of times that doesn't, women will like try to like clench and then they have issues. So, so I would say, A, give your core time. B, um, be aware that leakage is not normal. You can fix it. There's something wrong with the pelvic floor if you're having that issue. And I would also see a PT and just Mm -hmm. be patient with the core. Don't jump back into crunches. Don't jump back into planks. If you want to lift, that's great. But be aware that your core is bracing itself. Mm -hmm. And by bracing itself, I mean lift the pelvic floor, draw your transverse abdominals in. It should wrap in like a corset Mm -hmm. to brace your body. Be aware of that and you're good to go. You know, But a lot of people are totally unaware of their core. They jump back into any type of you know body weight bands, weights, whatever. And all the muscles are strong, but the core is right. a wreck and it's not doing its job anymore. And I'm like, if your core is not doing its job, you won't be able to lift as much. You won't have as good as form. Your posture is going to be terrible and your pain is going to be terrible. Right. Yeah. That's some really good advice. Um, I think too, with women, we, you know, we've had this baby in our belly for nine months. Totally. And then it's like, as soon as we have the baby, we are like expecting for our bodies to just, to just kind snap of back. <laughs> right. Like okay, maybe not the first month because yeah. we're still healing. But then like after that, it's like, you know, month two, three, all the way, you know, hundred percent. Like we, uh, again, it kind of comes back full circle about we're just, we're so hard on ourselves sometimes with these unrealistic expectations that everything has to be perfect and everything should happen like that. And the changes should happen like that. Um, I, I don't know what you like to tell women, but I like to tell women, at least give yourself nine months to a year. hundred percent. And I always tell people bounce back is a it, to me, it's a terrible saying. Like we're we're not we don't bounce back. We right. bounce forward. We want mm-hmm. to move forward. We want to be better, and that's going to take a different process. Some of the things that you do after you have kids won't be the same as what you did before, but that's normal, and you're going to be better for it. You can be stronger for it. Like you will be more mentally resilient. You can be stronger even physically. I mean, the same on both ends. But um, I hate when people act like, oh, just because I had a kid, I can't do A, B, and C. I'm like, no. Right. You can, you just have to do it differently than what you thought before. And it definitely takes time. And, and I know that's hard, especially for athletes 
who are used to just grinding and grinding and oh, grinding. Oh, yeah. That's I, my, hard. My last boy, I have, I have three boys and my youngest, I remember after I had him, I took off on a run and I couldn't even run a half a mile. No. And I was just like in tears. It was you after feel I was like your clear. identity is yeah. gone. Like you're like, who oh. am I? Yes. And I was, I remember on this run and I, and I had to quit. This was after I had been cleared by the doctor. And I just like, I, I couldn't, I, w- I, w- I couldn't wait for that moment where I could just run because my belly yeah. was just so big. Like I couldn't, you know, at that point, at the end of your pregnancy, you're like waddling. You're not even really walking anymore. 100%. And the first time I was able to go on a run after I had Otto, my my littlest, I just remember like I just cried and it was so oh, yeah. hard. It was so difficult. And I was like, am I even going to be able to like have a fit like fit, athletic, powerful yeah. physique anymore. And, um, you know, it just kind of comes back. And I say that because I want everybody to know that, you know, myself and even Andrea, we've all experienced that. But oh, yeah. what happens is we don't allow our minds to stay in that same place. Like we give ourselves enough time to fully recover. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a journey. Like I've been doing this for probably 13 years now. Um, it's a journey and it takes a long time. And the changes um, that I have made, the changes that that Andrea has made in her physique, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It didn't no. happen a month, two months after she had twins or, you know, it, it takes a lot of time. And what Andrea said earlier is it's just all about consistency. You have to be consistent. I, I literally had a situation just like yours where I, I, um, you know, I taught classes and after I had, you know, the twins the first time I went to a class and I was so excited. I went to a kickboxing class and they had jumping jacks in it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I straight left the class in tears, crying my face off. Cause I was like, I will never be the same. But then I was like, you will give it time, you know, educate yourself, learn how to work with the course. So for me, that was a shift um, but you will, you just feel that way in the moment. So I, when you said that about running, I was like, I, I can relate <laughs> yeah. to that. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, everybody who's listening know that it's normal. It's normal to have those feelings. And, you know, if you were into fitness at all before you've had a kid, or maybe you're super into fitness and, and you're nervous about having a kid and going through all of that and like the pregnancy, just know that it takes time. But every single pregnancy that I had, I came back stronger every single time. hundred percent. Every single 100%. time, my at my core, even though I've had all C sections, my core was always stronger. Like I, I became just more powerful in my explosive moves. And so, I mean, I don't know if that's just because like I worked harder, or if it's just because like I think you kind of learned to dig deeper. I think <laughs> you so kind of learned to dig deeper, and you also learn patience of like this. It takes is time. yeah, uh, this is a march. This is this is going to take time. You know. Mm-hmm. What is your uh, outtake or outlook on like nutrition and stuff? So I, I it seems like, it seems like uh, from what I've gathered from like our conversation, you have a really good relationship with food. Um, I do actually. So it wasn't always that that? way. It wasn't always that way. Let's call it like it is. When I was in school for public health, everything I learned, you know, let, you know, better to have less, you know, calories in versus calories out. And while that's, a correct mindset for a cut in your mm-hmm. diet. That's not a correct mindset for a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so that's to me, the biggest mistake, the diet industry, diet culture, whatever you want to call it is we're really good about teaching people how to cut, how to basically lose weight. But like you, 
you can't live your life in a cut. You can't live your life trying to eat as little as possible. A, you won't build any muscle. You won't get the definition you want. You'll feel like crap. You won't have energy. And then when you do have like a big meal for like a nice event, which is normal, it's normal to like sometimes like eat a lot. That's normal. You'll hoard weight because your metabolism is jacked up. So that was a learning curve for me. Um, probably, yeah, around when I had my twins, I really started to understand the cut, you know, reverse maintenance cycle. And I noticed for a lot of the women I work, you know, with, they'll write me and they're just, they're thinking the answer is to eat as little food as possible. And so I am constantly trying to train my clients to shift their mindset to food is not the enemy. Food is fuel. When you eat correctly, you get your goals. When you eat correctly, you can lose fat. When you eat correctly, you can gain muscle. And it's not about avoiding it. Like it truly is fuel. It is literally the people with the best bodies you see, most of the time, that's food that makes mm-hmm. the muscle. Muscle is made with weights and food. And it's <laughs> it's a combo, you know? And so I think we forget that. Um, so most of the time. I have a I have a very healthy relationship with food in that I've shifted that where I don't look at food as the enemy anymore. I look at it as my ally to my goals. I Whatever love that. my goals are, my food, how I set up my food, it doesn't matter. Like maybe I'll be doing low carb one time, maybe I'll be doing high carb, maybe it doesn't matter. It's my ally. Huh. And when you can look at it that way, I feel like A, you have freedom. B, you let go of the perfection mentality. Um, see your metabolism become stronger and then you can start eating like a crap ton of food. Like people, it makes me smile when people are like, oh, so you must eat so little. I'm like, dude, I right. eat my husband. Yeah, I'm like, I will be like, oh, you're done eating. I'll eat the rest of the food on your plate. <laughs> but you have to train your metabolism yeah. to do that. And so if you are always trying to cut, 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 yes, a cut is effective. A cut does help us become more defined, but you can't live in a cut. You can't live trying to eat as little as possible because you won't get, doesn't matter what your goals are. You won't hit them. Fat loss, building muscle, definition, whatever. You won't hit them if you're living your entire life trying to reduce your intake. Um, Do you have any picky eaters in your house? Yes. So I was super good with my twins and like, I'm like a big believer in macros and understanding them and understanding how they work for you. Uh Uh-huh. And so with the twins, I was super good about making sure there's their protein, fat, and carb on all their plates. Like literally broke them down. Not like the amounts, but just making sure there was the variety, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, you get another kid and you're like, oh, I'm busy. And then like the yeah. last kid, I'm like, I don't know. You just need to eat like bread and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't have time. And so I laugh because my youngest is my pickiest eater. And oh. I'm like, well, that's because I just, you know, she's A, she's different. You know, not all kids are the same. And Dude, B, I didn't take as much time with her to really work in a variety of foods, you know. No, and, I appreciate I appreciate you saying that. I have my third, again, my youngest, is the pickiest eater. Yeah. Like it is, I mean, I have to so almost mine. like tie him to a chair. Oh yeah. To get We're like eating like dinner and food. she's like running around and I'm like, oh my gosh, just sit down. <laughs> yeah. Dude, um, Otto, he'll walk in the kitchen and he'll see what we're eating and he'll be like, we better not be having chicken and rice tonight. I'm like, 
you saw the chicken and you know that it's rabbit. <laughs> oh my Anyways, gosh, that's so great. <laughs> and he's just like, oh yeah, that that is true though. Cause you know, my, my oldest, it's kind of goes by like levels, like my oldest and then, you know, my middle one, they're not, they're not as picky as yeah. my youngest. And it probably has to do with like, just eat whatever. Cause I'm busy. Yeah. And then, you're busy. You know, yeah. And like you can, and that's another thing. Moms will feel bad about that. I'm like, girl, you don't need to feel bad about that. No. You're busy. You yeah. did the best you can. Right. And that's okay. Don't grow out of it. Yeah. And I can honestly say my twins are better eaters because I was better at feeding them a variety. My youngest, I'm like, we are on the go. You get a cheese stick. We got Yeah, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta go. go. That's so awesome. It's, yep. you know, we work at it and I do my best when I have more time. But um, again, that becomes one of those things where it's like, it's water on the bridge. You can't feel bad about it, you know? And some kids, some kids, like you give them as much, all the options and they're still picky. It's just right. their nature, mm -hmm. you know? It comes back to what? Not chasing the perfection. Yeah. Realm, right. It's just like, right? you got to do like what you got to do and don't try to, it's like, it's not going to be perfect all the time. And especially on social media, you see like people who do fitness and they, let me just first say they're only posting their perfect meals, okay? Mm, mm -hmm. They're not posting everything. They're only posting their kid's meal when their kid's perfect. Their meal mm -hmm. when it's perfect. They're not posting the time that they're like, I fed my kid Cheetos for lunch. Right. <laughs> so that know that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like uh -huh. you are seeing what they do when they're on their game. Right. And sometimes I'm on my game and sometimes I'm like, we're eating Cheetos for lunch. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can people find you at? I am at Deliciously Fit and Healthy. It's a long name, I know, but Deliciously Fit, the letter N, healthy. Um, you can even put in my name, which is Andrea Allen, and it should pull me up quickly. Um, I'm on social media there for Instagram and my website's the same. And I do have a podcast as well. It's called Make It Simple with that. Andrea Allen. So awesome. I kind of just take topics that seem complex mm -hmm. and make them simple. You know I what love, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, um, I have one more question to ask you for our um, listeners. And that is for the girls, for the four girls that you have, what is the legacy that you want to leave for them? That's a great question, first of all. Um, I want them to be fearless. So when we started our business, we had spent all our money on fertility. Like I had, we had no money in the bank. And then my husband was let go of his job conveniently right after we spent all of our money on twins. And we went on food stamps and we had no money and we were on state aid for two years as we both scraped to build businesses. And along the way, we realized, um, you know what? this is hard building two different businesses and caring for the twins. Like he would do them at night while I worked, I would do them today. And then we just didn't have a ton of um, cohesive, you know, experiences where we're all together. So we took a leap and sold his business and he came on under mine. And um, it was scary, really scary. Like I would wake up in the night and be like, how... <laughs> How am I? How am I in charge? Like, how are we under my business? Like, it scared me. But my husband's like, "Oh my gosh, he's a, he's pretty amazing." He's like, "You can do anything." I want our girls to know you can do anything. You don't. You need to learn to trust yourself. And so, I, if I can teach them anything, if I can help them learn anything, I want them to be fearless because they trust themselves. That even when something's scary, even when something seems off, even when they feel alone or there's no path, 
that they recognize. Like I didn't recognize a path. I'm like, okay, well, let me figure out how to build an online business. I don't know how to do this. Um, that they can do it. You know what I mean? That they have the strength to do it. So I want them to not back down. I want them to learn to have thick skin, to be fearless and to trust themselves. Because a lot of times in general with, you know, women, adults, whatever, we start to second guess ourselves and then we like shrink and we shrink and we shrink. And then we're like a shell of what we actually want to be. And I'm like, no, you need to tell yourself that you're a badass and you need to keep going. And, and even if you're fearful, like I have a sign in my house that says, um, focus on faith, not fear. And to me, I'm like, even if you're fearful, you got to focus on your faith that you can do it, that you have the willpower, that you will literally be like a, you know, a dog with a bone and never give up. And so that's probably the number one thing I want them to learn is to be fearless in their abilities and, and not look around, just know like, I, I can do what I put my mind to. Cause I think that's hard nowadays. I think people, um, they fear the unknown. And to me, I'm like, there is, there's actually power in the unknown, but we have to be willing to like step outside of our comfort zone. Mm. That was so very powerful. What a beautiful, what a beautiful testament to just who you are, Andrea. And like, as, as a person and a, a mother and a wife and raising four girls, um, I can only imagine the just, the chaos, the beautiful chaos. It, it is crazy. <laughs> like my, one of my little girls, she got sent home. I was so proud of her. She got sent home and they called us and they said, Livy got in a fight. I said, oh. she, my eight-year-old, I said, she got yeah, in a fight? <laughs> and they said, and long story short, Ella came home. Her twin said, no, this, this girl, this is a great story. This girl pushed down this little boy and, and she pushed him down. And Livy said, you can't do that. You need to tell him you're sorry. And the little girl said, I'm, I'm not going to. And Livy said, you need to tell him you're sorry. And the little girl started hitting my daughter, Olivia. <laughs> and, and, and she's like, Olivia just started putting up her hands. She wasn't necessarily even hitting her back, but she was defending herself. And we actually ended up calling school and said, you better leave that I will take my daughter yeah. out to lunch for sticking up for a little boy, you know? Right. That she was like, no, mm -hmm. what you're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and to mm -hmm. me, I was like, that, that's what we need. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and so I did, I took her out, you know, I took her out to get ice cream and I said, listen, we don't start fights, but you definitely stick up for other people mm -hmm, when they're in mm -hmm. trouble. Mm -hmm. And if you come home in a fight, I will have your back. If it is mm -hmm. out of like sticking up for people who For somebody help. else, yeah. You know, so oh, it was a nice one where me and my husband were like, high five, high five. <laughs> We're doing something right. We're doing something right because she got in a fight yeah. <laughs> for the right reason. For the right you know? reasons. Yeah. For the right reason. Yeah. Standing up for what's right. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on today's uh, podcast. It was really awesome getting to know you and hearing your story. And just thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank and you everything for having today. me. I yeah, appreciate absolutely. it. I, I loved chatting with you. I'd actually yeah. been looking forward to it all morning. I was like, I'm going to talk to Ashley today. Yeah. <laughs> all right, girl. Well, you have a great day and I'll you catch too. you soon. Thanks, all right. Andrea. We'll see you, Ashley. Bye. All right. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with Andrea. Uh, I, I know that there were so many amazing takeaways um, and just hope. I, I feel like a lot of us go through this season of, of pregnancy and starting a family 
and somewhere during this process, we lose, we lose hope and we most certainly lose focus on the things that we want and taking care of ourselves. And, um, if you are a mother, if you're, if, if you're in the process of starting a family, um, or maybe you've already have a family and you've kind of, um, you've kind of just gotten out of touch with, with the importance of, of taking care of yourself and not only what that means and what it does for you, but how it can enrich the lives in your family and in your children. Um, so I just want to say thank you again um, so much guys for the support and um, following along on the reborn podcast. If you got anything uh, from today's episode, make sure that you share that um, with all of your friends and your networks and uh, tag us at Reborn Pod. You can tag me, Ashley.Horner on Instagram and uh, tell your friends about it and appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening once again to the Reborn Podcast from Ironclad. I will see you guys next week. Bye. Mm-hmm.